Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together, we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today? Uh, we're doing a slightly late Q&A. Yes, because it's Q&A Saturday. But hey. On Saturday. Still Saturday. Coming out today, so it's not late. Yeah. 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 And then, um, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. That's we're doing what we're a Q&A. doing. Yeah. So, um, do you have any insights as to what we're covering today? Yeah, because remember you and I were arguing over the timeline of um, Ezra and Nehemiah, yes, and whether they were at the same time, correct? Or what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So we're talking about that. We're talking about that. All right, sounds good. Let's get into this. Okie dokie. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah. Okay, guess what? What? We accidentally stumbled into a contradictions. We do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We stumble into these things all the time. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, they're pretty obvious to I mean, not obvious. Like, obviously, we were arguing about it. So, but. Because you know why? Because it's a. Because it's a, you're always <laughs> wrong and so am I. <laughs> That's why. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to go over a timeline and then we'll make some points after that. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. So, Cyrus ordered the rebuilding of the temple around 538 BC. Okay. Okay. That was with Shesh Bazar. Remember, Hal Bazar. Yeah. The prince of Judah and Zerubbabel or Zerubbabel, whatever, the Persian governor over the province of Judah, who was also a descendant of the last reigning Judean king. Okay. And Jeshua, who was the first high priest after captivity, after the captivity. Got it. Okay, so do you remember those guys? Somewhat, yes. Okay. So they found the old foundations for the previous altar and built a new one upon the exact same place as the old one, which dated back to David's altar on the threshing floor. Got remember? it. Yeah. Okay. The feast was observed and regular sacrifice was resumed and the adversaries tried to work Tried to join the work of building the temple, but Zerubbabel refused their offer. You remember that? Yes. Because he was yes. like, They no, didn't want to co-mingle or whatever, right? No. The the adversaries were like, we want to help you totally. Oh. And Zerubbabel was like, yeah, no, you're bad guys. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so, this was all Ezra, right? Ish? No. No. Okay. No, this was Sheshbazar and Zerubbabel. Okay. Okay. All right. These guys came before Ezra. Ah, okay, okay, okay. okay? Got That's it. why I was stressing those guys. I got it. There's I got three it. sets of people. Okay. Okay. Right. There's Sheshbazar and Zerubbabel. Then there's Ezra, and then there's Nehemiah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So, in the beginning of the reign of Ahasuerus, <laughs> the adversaries wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Okay, so they were complaining. They were like, these guys are sucky. And that's about 485 to 465 okay. BC. All right. Okay, yep. so we're moving along in time. Sure. Okay, and then in 464 to 424 BC, under the reign of Artaxerxes, the adversaries actually wrote a letter to Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And the letter was written in Aramaic. And... The king commanded that all the work stop until further notice. But we've jumped forward here by like 150 years since when it first started, though, right? Um, 424. Uh, it was like 560 something before, right? Or something like that. 538 is when oh. Cyrus first said, okay. let's build it. Okay, so it's and a little over 100 years now. 485. Let's see. 430, 538. And then 485 is when um, the adversaries complained. And then 464 is when the adversaries wrote a letter. Right. But then 424 was something also. I'm not there yet. Oh, it was 464 to 424. Got it. Yeah. So 424 puts us over 100 years since this whole thing started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the adversary succeeded in stopping the building work for 15 years. 
until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Okay. Darius came to the throne in a time of conflict and struggle. Therefore, the Jews in Jerusalem started their work without receiving any permission from him. Oh, okay. And they kind of took advantage of it. Got it. Now, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, who we're going to be reading about, they have their own books. Okay. um, But they... Their books take place during this time. They prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem, encouraging them to stop wallowing in their despair. Okay. And to start prioritizing building. Got it. So we're going to learn more about these guys later. Sure. Tatanai, governor of the region, sent a letter to King Darius to determine whether it was true that a decree was issued by King Cyrus. To build a house. And this is where they looked into the records and yeah. what have you. Yeah. Okay. So so these guys, um, so the adversaries went to the governor of the area, Tatanai, right? Yeah. And the adversaries were like, these dudes need to stop. And the Jews were like, um, no, we actually were given permission and ordered to do this. And Tatanai's like, I don't fucking know. So he wrote a letter to King Darius and was like, dude, King, my guy, King, can you please go... See if um, there's actually a decree that right. gives these guys permission. So he was pretty reasonable. Yeah. Tat and I was. Well, I mean, I. so I mean, I don't know about you, but if somebody gave me permission to do something over 100 years ago, I wouldn't think that that still holds up, personally. Um, I don't saying. know, because these guys, like, if a king says jump, you jump, and you're not allowed to land until they give you permission. Right, but it was a different so. king, so like... But it holds. Okay. It holds. All right. These guys took their decrees very seriously. Got it. And they held. Okay. Unless the king saw a reason to overturn an old decree. Right. You know? Yeah. Kind of like our laws. They they keep going until we legislate something different. Right. They hold th- to, no matter who the president is. Yeah. Like, you still have to stop at a stop sign. Just not That doesn't change just because we got a new president. Right. Right. Okay, so King Darius found that, yeah, um, dude did, um, you know, Cyrus did make that order. That is correct. So Darius issued a decree and a search was made to to look for this and he found the scroll. Okay. okay? Yep. And so Darius issued another decree to let the building be done and to leave them alone. Got it. He's like, just let them do their thing. Um, Cyrus ordered them not just to be allowed to build, but to help them. Right. And to leave them the fuck alone except for helping them. Right. Don't tax them. Don't mess with them. Just let them have their thing. Sure. Which was common for um, that um, era. era. The the kings over there of that, that thing. Whatever. <laughs> the kings of that land, it was common for them to let... Um, Things like this occur. Yeah, when they when they conquered other nations, they let them maintain right. their own, especially early on, because that guy was kind of like cool. Mm-hmm. With, you know, he's like, "Hey, yeah, do your thing." Yeah, yeah, and that enabled their kingdom to grow further. Right, right. Okay, so Ezra arrived in Palestine sometime around 458 BCE. Okay. Okay. So this is like 80 years after the original decree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right in the middle of this last round of building. Yeah. So he wasn't there in the first group, okay? He was there in the middle of the building already happening. 
Okay. Okay. Yep. He was one of the later Jews who returned from the captivity to Judea and Jerusalem. Right. He was not in the original bunch. Okay. okay. Yep. He came to a city that had been repopulated by the Jewish people from their exile for about 60 years. Right. Okay. Okay. So that, like, that hadn't occurred to me until I studied this. Yeah, they don't give a very good uh, time frame on things in the right. Bible. So. I, and I'll get into that in, in a second. So that that's what we're concentrating on in this Q&A is trying to figure out our timeline a little better because I was confused. You were confused. Right. And it turns out we had reason to be confused. Okay. Okay. So Nehemiah arrived in 445 BC. Wait, okay, 445. So, mm-hmm. So dude, uh, Ezra was 458. Okay. And then Nehemiah was 445. Okay. okay. So like 13 years later, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the book of Nehemiah begins 15 years after the book of Ezra ends, almost 100 years after the first captives came back to the promised land, and some 150 years after the city of Jerusalem was destroyed. Got it. Okay. So um, I'm going to get away from this for a minute and and talk about something else that kind of explains the confusion. Okay? Didn't the Bible say there was like 70 years between them or something it like that? It was 60. Though? 60, okay. But... We'll yeah, get yeah, into yeah. that in a minute. All right. Okay. So let, this is just a reminder of who we're talking about and why the confusion. Okay. Okay. Yep. So the uniformity of language, style, and ideas of the two books, Ezra and Nehemiah, as well as Chronicles, mark the entire work as the product of a single author known as the Chronicler. So the Chronicler oh. wrote... The two books of Chronicles and Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay. Okay. All right. So he belongs to a period after the Babylonian exile, probably about 350 to 300 BC. Okay. Okay. So he wrote this at the earliest uh, 100 years after Nehemiah and Mm -hmm. Ezra did their things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. The writing of the books was probably attributed at the time to Ezra himself, like over the course of history usually right it's attributed to ezra but according to a rabbinic tradition nehemiah was the real author but was forbidden to claim authorship because of his bad habit of disparaging others (laughs) which is hilarious because you and i commented on how much he loved himself yeah yeah but it it's funny if it's him because he also loved david Right. Because the chronicler was in love with David. It definitely was. So I, I find that hilarious. Yeah. If it was him. Yep. So it was either Ezra or Nehemiah or somebody very close to them that was the chronicler. But so if it's Nehemiah or Ezra or whatever, then they didn't actually take part in these things. They wrote themselves into it as a character in these events because the writer happened at 350 to 300 BCE, which is at best... At earliest, 100 years past when Nehemiah and Ezra were actually doing these things in Jerusalem. Well, here's my final say on the matter. Okay. Okay. Textual dislocations, meaning the way it's written and the way it's like out of order and stuff. Right. Raise a question about the chronological sequence of Ezra and Nehemiah to which there is no solid answer. Oh, okay. So were they together at the same time? Their times might have overlapped. Was one of them the chronicler? Maybe, but that means that he was, you know, living after all of that. And like you said, inserting himself. Right. So we don't know. 
Okay. We really just don't know. And I mean, there was a lot of copying going on back then, so maybe the chronicler took some accounts of a person and then just changed the name to himself or something like that. Could be. I mean, I, I don't know. It The whole thing sounds a little sus. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And there's like this whole um, chart of, of timeline, but the timeline also depends on when they refer to Artaxerxes. If they're referring to Artaxerxes the first or the oh. second, and also um, Circes sometimes was referred to, Got so it. we don't know because yeah. dudes could not keep their shit straight. Got it. You know what I Got mean? It. Basically, one more fucking giant mystery. Mm-hmm. None of it might be true for all that. Right. Matter. I mean, like you know, the the tr- we all we all know that at the very best case scenario, only bits and pieces of it are true. Right. I mean, like, it's a story. It's a fucking story that somebody wrote right. after the fact 100 years. Right? Now, there there are records from Persia and, sure. um, you know, Egypt, stuff like that. Babylon, That's why I said Babylonian bits and pieces stuff. are true. Yeah, that that do say that, yes, this did happen. It was um, rebuilt. Right. And, you know, these kings did support other nations that they conquered. So... There's a lot of evidence that parts of this were true, like you said. My guess is that the Bible is just the you know most popular of all time historical fiction mm-hmm. book ever written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean it really is. Um, I there was something else I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, but the chart that I was reading was really really confusing. And, oh, I bet. Um, it it just depended on like there was this whole century. Of it depended on which king they were talking about as to when Ezra and Nehemiah were there. I think you and can... hold on. Yeah, there's sorry, another. Sorry. There's another case where um, it wrote them together at the same time, but that may have been an editing mistake. Well, I mean, they weren't far apart. They were like 15 years apart, according to what you're telling me. So, which they might have overlapped some, even in that. They might have, but the way it's written, they probably shouldn't have overlapped. Got it. And got it. The place where you and I started arguing was when they were there at the same time, it was mentioned that they were both working together. Yeah. Like it had both their names in the same sentence. Right, right. And that's when we started arguing. That's because that was very likely an editing error. They Uh should not have been working at the same time. Got it. Oh, and I had another um, Q&A topic that... Um, I'll just throw in here real quick. Okay. Remember we were talking about um, Nehemiah was a cup bearer to the king of Persia. Yes. And how that was like very important position and we couldn't understand like what's so fucking important about About carrying his cup, right? right? So it turns out that what that meant was that he was his closest confidant and he was his food taster and his wine taster. He picked out the king's meals um, to make sure that he wasn't being poisoned. So he was, so had to really trust this person. Yes. Got so um, when he was upset and the king asked him what's wrong, Nehemiah was like really scared to look sad in the king's presence because you're supposed to always be happy because the king fills you with joy, right? Right. So he was really scared to like admit like, oh, I'm really upset because, you know, my people are over there and, yeah. you know, they're commingling and that's just the saddest tragedy ever. <laughs> So, right. but that's, that's what that is. And that's why it's important that he had that high position and left that high position of comfort to come be with his people and cry about them commingling. Got it. Got and it. Making commingle babies. 
it's never not funny. I know. I mean, it's terrible, but it's not fun. I know. Whatever, you know. You know yep. what I'm saying? I do. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for our Q&A for today. Yes. That's well and enough, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, and then I can't remember. Tomorrow, I think we're back with the... Book club. Yeah. So we'll be back tomorrow with the... Book club. The sacrilegious <laughs> book club, even. I forgot what the jingle was. Yeah. Sacrilegious book club. There we go. Yeah, and I was like, what? What? I'll it's get, the book club. What? I'll get the replay done, <laughs> weekly replay done. And then we'll be back on Monday with... Nehemiah chapter 9. All right. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife. I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 